podcast in association with sports travel tours and the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, the Washington somethings, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans, Broncos, Pats, Panthers and Cardinals. Well done. Your season will continue. Everyone else, stop listening now. This is The Gridiron Show. I didn't even mention that today is the, it's technically the inaugural, but actually the fourth time we've done it, making it annual as far as I'm concerned. Gridiron Awards for the regular season, and in that, such a resplendent occasion, we have some wonderful guests in the studio with us. I mean, Ollie's here. Yep. Are you still chumming on your granola? Ollie has bought a, a, a literally a brick of granola from uh, Costa that he's been eating throughout the pre-show meeting. Yeah, and I've finished it, but I'm sure it's going to repeat on me, uh, or I'll find bits of my teeth. Well, luckily enough for the Mike White of the BBC, he's not here. He's in another studio, so he's not going to have to hear you belching out your granola burps. Mike White, how are you, sir? I'm very well, and I did the dance, by the way. Is that all right? I know you couldn't see it, but I did the dance. I'm going to assume you did the dance. The dance to the theme tune. Yeah, I've never danced before. No, no, it's just a bit of air stuff. Yeah, Yeah, we have to... I mean, I do a bit of robot when it does the... Yeah, you do do that, yeah. Which I do enjoy. Proper full-on dance. There's people here looking at me as if I'm a little bit crazy. All right, well, we're going to play the intro again and what you've got to do is film yourself <laughs> post it on the internet it's a one time deal and then one we'll put deal. it up on a big screen in the studio here and we're also joined by favourites of the show not that you're not our favourite yeah Mike thanks White. for that yeah. Paolo Mandini Paolo how are you sir I'm good I'm still chuckling to myself at the notion of pre-show meeting that was, that was thrown out there in that introduction I've got I've got a running order today and everything which has all of my look it's, it's even annotated because I forgot when doing the head coaching talk I literally forgot to put the Titans on the running order. The pre-show... <laughs> <laughs> Easy, easily done. The pre-show meeting was two minutes of probably what will be the best stuff. Yeah, it's not nothing new there at all. Uh, nothing new there at all. Right, I mentioned the teams who are in the playoffs. We have the playoffs decided, and later this week we will not only have that fantastic interview that we were referencing last week but we'll also have a preview of the wild card weekend a preview of the college football final and uh, all of that good stuff as well so because we were recording a day later than usual uh, whilst we will talk a little bit of week 17 we're going to focus more than anything else on the head coaches ins and outs of la relocation and of course as mentioned already The 2015 Gridiron Show Regular Season Awards. That's the most ludicrous music we've ever had for it. Uh, (laughs) We have such fantastic awards such as... Uh, surprise player of the year game or moment of the season your biggest disappointment the coach or GM who should have been fired the city who most deserves to lose their team plus all the usual stuff coach comeback MVP and all of your suggestions on Twitter at Gridiron thank you for getting in touch with all of those now normally at this point before we get into the meat and bones of the football I ask everyone how they've been but there's so many people here I don't even know how to tackle this this is testing the very limits of my radio hosting <laughs> Skills, Mike White. You've never been on the show before. I haven't. Uh, I want you to tell long-time the listeners listener, first-time caller. Why? <laughs> I want you to tell the listeners why they should care. Why they should care? I mean, I know why they should care. You're one of my favourites, Mike White. But why should the listeners care? Bless you. Because I'm an NFL 
geek. Love it. <laughs> Good. I listen to the program, and I, and I'm a 49ers fan, so show me a bit oh, of love. Come on. No, don't. Are we gonna? We're gonna that's why. That's the one reason. That's For why. sympathy and, and a bit of love. That's it. <laughs> the only reason I invited you. Uh, <laughs> did you have a good Christmas and New Year's, Mike? White? I did, and I finally got to see Star Wars with the family. Yes, um, I love that. That's the first thing you've mentioned. Brilliant. We're also as one of our other awards, we're go we're going to do our cultural recommendation for the off season. Um, and I wrote Star Wars and then deleted it, and then wrote Star Wars again and then deleted it again. <laughs> uh, and, and was that just so that you could keep <laughs> enjoying the feeling of writing the word Star Wars and keep saying it? Have you seen? <laughs> Yeah, I have. It's great. I've seen it four times. <laughs> wow. Do you know? I mean, I'm I'm you know, a casual Star Wars fan. I've, I've watched them all. I enjoy them. I, I'm not going to uh, claim to be heavily invested in the lore of them. Hmm. But I feel like you, along with a, another guy I know from school, might be the two people I know who are most invested in it. And it's interesting how divergent your opinions seem to be because he has also watched I think about four times but he despite watching that many times is not not so pleased with it whereas you seem quite shocked. why has he seen it four times then because he just can't get away from that Star Wars Star Wars universe I actually, I actually have liked it more every time I've seen it interesting Which I'd is, watch it again as, as I've noticed more of the nuance and been less kind of wowed and excited by it and actually paid attention to what's really happening I'm really excited for the whole thing I think the whole series is going to be amazing Good. J.J. Abrams has done a fantastic job, and I love him. It was... It, his babies. He's not quite J.J. Watt, though, is he? <laughs> <laughs> the second best J.J. we'll talk about on this show. <laughs> You'll also notice that I missed off Defensive Player of the Year from our awards, because we may as well just rename it the J.J. Watt Award, so <laughs> there was no point in doing that at all. Uh, we'll talk about the head coach firings not in Brandon a moment. Browner. We've missed something. Okay. <laughs> not Brandon Browner, Mike. <laughs> okay. We've missed something off. Ollie Hunter, in the last 24 hours, has become... Uncle Ollie! Yay! Congratulations, buddy. Hold on. Yay! Yay! I want to pretend like it's champagne, but it's Buck's Fizz. Oh. <laughs> Will you be scary, Uncle Ollie? No, I'm already an uncle. However, this is like a, the first proper blood uncle. Um, <laughs> what kind of uncle are you? <laughs> that sounds a bit creepy. Yeah. It does. That sounds a we, little bit I know weird. we've got a man from the BBC on the line, but what kind, what kind of uncle yeah, are you? That does sound a bit creepy, doesn't it? Okay, so I've got step nieces and nephews, but this is my full sister, uh, and she's f had her first baby. She was in labour for th for three days. She yeah. had two lots of inducement drugs because they wouldn't, the, the baby wouldn't come out. Uh, so I can relate to that. Not yeah. not me personally, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Name and weight and all that other good so, stuff, Ollie. Come so on. So she was born at five to four this morning. Uh, that's Tuesday morning, the fifth of January. Um, uh, Thanks. She's eight pounds four ounces. Her name's Christabel after my mum, my dear past, my dear mother, and who's passed away. At Christabel Tabitha Bunn. Good. Yeah, so, and she's lovely. She's so beautiful. People who listen to the show regularly will know that Ollie is from Norfolk. So I just want to reassure you, he is not the father as well as the uncle. <laughs> no, I am not the father as well as the uncle. No. <laughs> Ever since you said blood uncle, I can't shake this image in my head of Ollie as a sort of Carl Drogo from Game of Thrones riding on a horse. <laughs> Teaching his nephew how to fight and, and or his niece, sorry, how to fight and war and, and all of those things. So anyway, let's all, let's, uh, let's all let's toast to Ollie wet the and, and, and not Mike White. Because he's not here. Well Thanks. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, I should have told you to get your own bottle, but I've got I didn't a bottle know how of water, will I? I would, yeah, I would like to. Spank sound the effects, there we go. I would like to add <laughs> that we're drinking from mugs. Now. <laughs> Will Gavin and his his lovely wife Sarah, they've got this weird thing where they drink soft drinks from mugs. 
it's I just, don't. I think that's. Just, I think it's, it's wrong. It's just we've got a lot of mugs. It's I think it's wrong. That come with Easter eggs and everything. Now you uh, get mugs with everything. Mugs with everything. You're a mug, but <laughs> <laughs> you're a disgrace. Uh, but I just think. Am I allowed to say that? Is yeah, that of course you are. No, of course you are. Say it more than he does. Ideally, <laughs> it's all right. It's only taken seven minutes for the first. You're a disgrace <laughs> to come out. Uh, but I'm. I'm. I'm one of those people that likes things in the right correct glass we have glasses receptacle. as well and i always give you a glass when you come round. it's yeah. just me and sarah use mugs sarah, i just don't get it he got with the only, he wants his champagne flutes and his granola bars <laughs> <laughs> he shaved his beard off he looks less like a hobo <laughs> he becomes an uncle oh so that's it you can't do the whole Ollie's homeless jokes anymore. Oh, no, I'll still make the Ollie's yeah, homeless jokes fake on your clothing bags and everything else. Hey! <laughs> Gentlemen, let's, let's quickly bang around the football news that is uh, in and around the NFL before we get to the end of season awards. And as I said, there's some brilliant ones have come into, a, uh, into us on Twitter as well, at Gridiron. I'm just going to give you a few of those now. Tom gave us the what the f*** was I supposed to do in the world? <laughs> which, <laughs> obviously... Ollie's just laughing because I swore. Yeah. That's got nothing to do with the, the hilarity of the tweet. And it'll be bleep, so it won't even mean anything. He sent us the WTF was I supposed to do award, which, of course, is awarded to Griff Whalen for the best special teams play of the season. <laughs> uh, Tom also sent in the $8 million down the toilet award, which he awarded to Dwayne Bowe. Uh, Chris gave us the, <laughs> the... Where did Dwayne Bowe end up? No <laughs> one knows. Uh, Dwayne Bowe, I think he's still in the same place. He's just done absolutely nothing i forgot about this as well i was going to do this as well uh, the jim bob cooter of the year award from chris goes to jim bob cooter uh, <laughs> and there's a few more that we'll do we'll actually ask you about in a little while uh, but let's talk head coaching and the first thing which is my major bugbear this happened at about 3 a.m this morning and it made me doubly angry because the uh, indianapolis Colts said nothing was going to be decided today they sent all their media home, then they made all the media come back in at 10pm local time to tell them that not only has Chuck Pagano been given a four-year extension on his contract, but Ryan Grigson's been given a three-year extension on his contract. Your mate Ryan. They're, they're both going to be there until 2019, and then Jim Irsay has a dig at Bill Polian during the press conference! What's your problem, Jim? This made me so angry. The Colts uh, are doomed to being uh, the worst team that should be a contender for the next five years i'm done <laughs> someone else has he gone red that. someone else talk about he's it. already red well he is red <laughs> but has he gone red faced also did anyone else react to this as angrily as i did or? i don't know about angrily certainly bewilderment yeah when you sort of you know it, it really seems to be going so i just want to know what happened because from from the accounts that have been in the Indianapolis press, they basically reckon that Pagano went in there and said, "No, me and Ryan are best buddies. There we was... could do so well together. Let us stay together." And Ursay was totally fabulous. I just, I really want to be a fly on the wall in this conversation because I don't know if Ursay never really thought he was going to fire them, or if he got in there and, and Chuck said something dark and twisted that really made him Apparently change his mind. Apparently was a lot of hugging. That's the one report that I have heard come out. <laughs> a lot but of guy love in Indianapolis. <laughs> Look, I think there's, there's two schools of thought in this. Pagano, I can see that one. I can understand why. Now, I know you'll agree with this. Well, I, Ryan Grigson getting the extension, what's that all about? I, I went through Pagano's last night. problems are, are down, for me, a big part to Ryan Grigson, mm. along just, with injuries and the fact that they've had to d almost dig up Johnny Unitas, the quarterback. <laughs> that's that's what they just to let you know, I did go through all of uh, all of uh, Ryan Grigson's signings last night whilst angry about this. And in his four years there, other than Andrew Luck at quarterback and this the young lad, uh, Henry, what's-his-face, who they got on the defensive line this year, they've not drafted, <laughs> they've not drafted <laughs> anyone of any real impact. 
impact. And the only players they've brought in in free agency who have had some impact is Mike Adams and uh, Vontae Davis, Ollie's favourite. But other than that, it's been ageing players who have had no real impact. I mean... They brought in this off-season Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, like players who were all over the age of 34, 35, who, yes, they could bring a little veteran leadership, but unless you then sign decent players in the draft, it's not going to help you. Grigson's terrible. I have no idea how he's got yeah, to. I mean, and is that the caveat for Pagano? Well, this is, this is a, I have a, a, a tricky time with Pagano, because, I mean, there's also just the fact that when you take an objective step back, you can look at Pagano's record and go, all right, well, 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 8 and 8 in the year when Andrew Luck missed a lot of games. The problem is, is... I just, every, I feel like they've had very few genuinely challenging moments in that time. Usually they've come in the playoffs and they've got absolutely battered every time it's happened. I just think they've been good by dint of being in a terrible division and a pretty weak conference, well, which has been the state of the AFC for a couple of years. And they, they still haven't addressed the problems that have caused them those issues in the playoffs. Well, no. in, in, in games where they have lost in general, they've still no. not protected Andrew Luck. No. Not protected Andrew Luck, not shored up against the run, no. got no pass rush, all the things they needed to do, so that really annoyed me. Well, and you, you see... They, they, they're, they're not protecting Andrew Luck. Then they didn't protect Hasselbeck. Then they didn't protect Charlie Whitehurst. So it's a, it was a, a oh, litany Jesus. of mistakes. It's an absolute disgrace. They really didn't protect Griff Whalen. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't. <laughs> they didn't protect anyone. Amazing. Uh, right. The, so there were obviously a number of other positions which uh, happened, didn't happen. The Titans are considering Mike Malarkey for their head coaching job, which is ridiculous. Ruston Webster is out there. They're considering Ravens GM or assistant GM. Sorry, Eric DeCosta. I'm sure they'd love the Ravens GM, but it ain't happening. Uh, the Giants. Jerry Reese stays. This has annoyed me again. Jerry Reese stays, having put together one of the most talent poor rosters in the league, plus Odell Beckham, whilst uh, whilst Tom Coughlin's gone. I mean, apparently he stood down. It was his own decision, but never uh, is. is this it? this seemed like this was the wrong way wrong way round. And I uh, I actually did. You anyone watch the Tom Coughlin press conference today? No, no I haven't cool. seen it yet. Well, I have taken a little excerpt from it, and I just want you guys to listen to what Tom Coughlin had to say. It is our duty to equip these men with the virtues that will last a lifetime. The values like honesty, trust, responsibility, respect, service, and integrity. Those are the things that we teach in addition to the football. And you see these gentlemen here in the crowd that have played for this organization, they represent what I'm talking about. Not just winners on the field, but better yet, winners in life. People you can be proud of. You like these people for your next door neighbor. That's how important it is to me. John Wooden said, reputation is what others think of you. Character is who you really are. Character. We try to develop the character of each man who walked through these doors. Character is what endures. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I'm just going out to just tackle somebody. <laughs> yeah. Has he ever been so impassioned? Well, this is... I know Tom Coughlin's always been impassioned, but my point is is that he is... Uh, he's not ruled out returning to coaching. He's not retired, mm. which many people speculated he would. I mean, obviously... Go he's to already, the Browns! Well, the Browns... He could save them. The, the Dolphins... That like these are teams who have such problems in uh, in their locker rooms, such problems dealing with problem players. Like if he went to either the Browns or the Dolphins, he would turn those franchises around. If they haven't picked up the phone and got Tom Coughlin in for an interview already, that is utterly ludicrous. There's, there was two things there. First of all, he hits the mic more times than Will. <laughs> that is my technique was terrible. It was actually just what I do. It was banging the desk rather than hitting the mic. It was anger. All right, Will. The the second thing, what you said there about the teams he can go in and help. 
the thing I love about Tom Coughlin is his development. Despite his senior years, he's become... We talk about Uncle Ollie. He's become Uncle Tom, hasn't he? Because <laughs> I, I don't think you're allowed to call him an Uncle Tom. Are we not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be something slightly different. Uh, Stop now. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and onto the Cleveland anyway, Browns. Uncle uh, Thomas. But the, the way he's changed, because he was he was so hard-nosed, wasn't he? And, and it was almost like my way on, or no way. It's it the impression we all got and the stories that were told about him. And and he came out and admitted himself, didn't he? I think it was in the, the My Football Life um, episode on him, that he had to change and evolve. And all of a sudden became, yeah, he's going to be tough and, and get angry and, and mad with him if he needed to. But he, he became a coach that would put an arm around the shoulder of a player and, and became a bit more understanding. And the progression and involvement he's made, I, I love seeing that. And, and I hope we don't see the last of him because um, I, I like it. I like, I, Paolo, I like Tom. Paolo, has he done the best he can with this group of players that was assembled for him I, I didn't think that the Giants were the best they could be this year I thought in a division that um, was low for a long time on obvious winners though I will say that I think Washington really came on and played some pretty good football towards the end of the year um, I expected more of the Giants I thought they were pretty um, unbalanced a lot of the time I, mean, I talked about the last time I was on just just too reliant on this idea of well we'll just keep trying to dig ourselves out of everything by lobbing the ball to o OBJ and hope it works out but that's not to say any sort of serious criticism of his body has worked because he's won two Super Bowls and been brilliant mm. for for the Giants for more more well for more than he hasn't been. Um, I don't think they were great this year, so I don't think, and I don't think that's just down to roster decisions. I think they could have called much more balanced games for a lot of the season, but um, but he's certainly not the only person to blame for what's gone wrong there. Yeah. Let's just run through the other ins and outs that happened yesterday. Then, so the Browns fired Mike Pettin. The last time a non-Browns head coach was fired in the AFC North, it was Brian Billick in 2007. Since then, the Browns have fired f no less than five head coaches in that span. Uh, they've got they've gone analytics crazy. They brought in Sashi Brown as their new executive VP of football operations, who's a lawyer. He was the only brought in because his surname's Brown. A bit <laughs> like Arsene Wenger <laughs> so was only the manager of Arsenal because his name's Arsene. Maybe. <laughs> Plus, uh, they brought in the Mets uh, VP, Paul De Podesta, uh, who's leaving baseball to become the Browns' new chief strategy officer. And those at home who don't follow baseball may know Paul De Podesta's name because he was the main guy at the Oakland A's when they introduced sabermetrics. So the Browns have obviously decided, look, we can't do this like a normal franchise, so let's go and try and be the team that applies sabermetrics to football. I'm not so sure that's going to work. Uh, the 49ers, Jim Tom Sula is gone. No huge support. Surprise, Mike Hide into White. nothing. Uh, and uh, Trent Bulky stays, maybe a bit more of a surprise. He has not drafted well since Scott McGluin left. Uh, Miami appoint Chris Greer as their new GM. Uh, uh, Chris Greer, I mean, well, I spoke to Simon Clancy about this today. He loves him. He's a guy with a big scouting background, a history in Miami. He's been there since 2000. He thinks he's the right man for the job. Uh, they're requesting interviews for the likes of Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Anthony Lynn. Basically, they're only looking to bring in a head coach if they're taking somebody from another AFC East team and finally this was the weirdest one and i wanted to get people's opinion on this uh, the lions are interviewing for a permanent gm obviously sheldon white's been filling in since my mayhew left jim caldwell not fired which lions fans certainly british lions fans on twitter weren't happy about was any does anyone want to say yes that is the right decision yes i right. think that's the right decision i think um there are a couple of games uh green bay one been a case in point where all right, they threw away a, a massive lead, but they could have won that game. And I, th I think the Lions, uh, there are a lot of issues, I think, were down to 
um, their, their offensive play calling. And when Jim Bob Cooter came in, mm. that was sorted. I, I think he's mm. he's only had two two years at D- Detroit, and it's part of that thing where give the head coaches three years and then then see what they do. It's a very competitive division, as we know, the NFC North, and I think just one more year for Jim yeah. uh, Caldwell. And then you can you can really take stock because he'll get a load of a load more players. He, they lost an awful lot on defense last year as well. Yeah, I think, I think one a bit of patience is needed. In we Detroit. talked about it when we talked about the coaching on the last podcast. Is that a lot of it isn't just to do with record, but how your record comes together and actually going from one and seven to seven and nine, mm. so winning six of your last eight games mm. is probably what did it for him. Had they been seven and one and ended up seven and nine or whatever, if they if it'd been a reverse of that record, then of course he'd have been in a lot more trouble. And yeah, and, and frankly, nearly seven and one in those last eight games because of the the hail mary play that. That, uh, that obviously took one away from them for Green Bay. I just think that the thing is as well, it's not It's not only that you're looking at that second half of the season going, oh, well, they won more games. You're looking at it and saying there's a very concrete reason why this happened. We got mm-hmm. a new offensive coordinator in and the offense started functioning, which yeah. it wasn't in the first part of the season. Yeah, and so, how, how good did Stafford look as well? As, mm-hmm. as a result of that, he just looked a, a different player in the second half of the season. I, I spoke to Jim Bob when he came over here, and he said, "I thought you were going to say today." I called Jim Bob today. <laughs> yeah, I, I called. I called him. I called him up. Jim Tell Bob. Him the news. Like, I'm an uncle. Well, exactly. <laughs> uh, he was. He was pleased for me. So stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> he also said that as well. Uh, but he said, "What we want to do with Matt Stafford is make the game simpler." and get him doing what he does best, and that's lobbing the ball to Calvin Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And that's yes. what they did. It yes. looks like, it, for me, he comes across as a real players coach, and the suggestion is that the players spoke out for him as well, didn't they? Um, and the Ford family like him. Uh, before we get on to the Gridiron 2015 End of Season Awards, that's enough of that, <laughs> um, they, we, we should mention there's a couple of other bits of news. Uh, we'll talk more about this, I imagine, when we preview the weekend, but former Seahawks and Ravens corner Carrie Williams has signed for Washington today. Uh, obviously, that's an instant impact for them for the playoffs, if you can play at a decent level. Their secondary is much depleted. Mm. Um, and the LA relocations, I mean, we'll cover this a little bit in the awards, but the vote could be as soon as next week. The Rams, the Chargers, and the other team who were involved, uh, the Oakland Raiders have all put in for relocation they've all filed, so that's happened in the last 24 hours, the only thing that I liked about that was that the Chargers were at least classy enough to have their owner put a video online explaining their decision whereas the Rams put a two-line statement on their website basically saying, the city of St. Louis haven't supported us enough, we want to go to LA <laughs> <laughs> um, There are a few games from week 17 Can I just say, impacts. I'm looking down the NFL news, uh, NFL.com news and I saw one of the headlines, and I read it wrong. It said, B- uh, Bengals' Andy Dalton has hand removed. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what I thought it said. Has cast on hand removed. I had to double take. Sorry. He had to go one better than Jean-Pierre Paul, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Lose John a finger. Jean-Pierre Jason Pierre. Jean- Jean- Jean-Pierre. 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 Where did I get Jean from? <laughs> That's the one. Uh, the uh, AC Milan and Marseille striker, Jean-Pierre Papin. Edit that. We'll do it again. No, Jason we won't. <laughs> Stacey! I have the power. Uh, Let's just very quickly run through those few games from Week 17 that had some impact before we get onto it and just see what people's thoughts were on them. First of all, the New York Giants 
Coughlin esque less coughlin less. How that's really horrible to say Cofflinless. Cough Coughlin less. The without my medicine for that. <laughs> the without Tom Coughlin New York Giants will be coming to London after they suffered a thirty five to thirty defeat to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's almost like these two teams were trying to win the game so they didn't have to play at Twickenham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the third straight loss to the Giants. They dropped to 6-10. and ten, And unfortunately, no new team in London for the UK. They get the Ooh. Giants back. Me and Ollie gave our opinion on this, but Paolo, Mike, are you pleased that we're getting to see the talent of ODB over here, or would you rather have seen a new team in the Eagles? Uh, you, you're just giving me the choice between those two rather than any other new team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably at this particular second in time, not knowing what going to happen to the Eagles this off-season, yeah, uh, OBJ is, is, is definitely an interesting one for me, but who knows how Philly are going to look after this off-season. They might have lots of reasons why I want to see them, and in general, yeah, I'd like to see more teams come here. Sorry, I'm going to be really boring and just echo what, what's been said. I, I wanted to see a new team. It would have been nice to add another one to the list, but when you've got the chance for someone like Odell Beckham Jr. to, to come in, one-handed catches galore. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, is, this has to be on the proviso that the team acknowledges that winning that game is less important than pitching at least 10 balls outside his furthest shoulder and just trying to get him at least one highlight reel moment while he's in Britain. I think yeah, that's... I don't care if the game is 10-6, as long as ten of, seven of those points come exactly. from an Odell Beckham ridiculous play. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And, of course, we're ignoring the fact that there is a bit of a London curse where some of the star players don't make it to these games. Right, which yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Small Charles. The Bills end the Jets' playoffs hope with a 2017 win, and for the final time this season, but completely inappropriately. <laughs> through interceptions on each <laughs> of the last <laughs> three... <laughs> <laughs> you double click ho ho. It's the remix. It's the end of season remix. It really is Christmas time. It's not anymore. I'm he, so glad he's played that. He, my 13 year old son loves it. Sorry, Will, I'm cutting I, all over you. But my 13 year old son, fine. Adam, loves that. No, he doesn't. He hates it when I sing it. So I do it just to annoy him. Amazing. So if you want to play it again, please do. But uh, that's, I, is enough. I'm not going to touch it. He threw interceptions on each of New York's final three drives <laughs> as the Jets' playoffs hopes were dashed. And he's been so good this year and I imagine he's going to end up sticking around in New York and they're going to give him a decent contract but again tragic. I come to I come to the two men who haven't given their opinion on this before we saw the Steelers they went to the Browns and clinched a playoff spot with a 28-12 to win there are you pleased that we're going to get to see the Steelers and their exciting brand of offensive football or are you disappointed the Jets aren't going to be there like me and Ollie who loved them when they were in London well you know you know on this podcast indeed I have waxed lyric about Antonio Brown so the more I get to see Antonio Brown generally the happier I am I also picked the Steelers to make the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year so that's sort of <laughs> giving me a little bit of hope having said that I, you know, I, I'm also a, a big a believer in and, and uh, fan of Todd Bowles and I think it's a shame because they've they've had a very good season well he is completely outcoached Rex Ryan this year he just didn't manage to outcoach him on the final game. and I thought the Jets looked nervous throughout I thought they gave up silly penalties there was a Sheldon Richardson on a fourth and three getting drawn offside there was uh, obviously the interceptions weren't good but actually Rex came in and, and uh, coached a disciplined game something the Bills haven't done all year and the Jets managed to do nothing of the <laughs> sort so they kind of shot themselves in the foot but Bowles has a bright future yeah, yeah absolutely I'm sorry I should, I should let Mike get him Mike no I was just going to add the, the nerves that you spoke about as well that game let's not kid ourselves that sort of almost replicated what the, the playoff situation is going to be like as well so if, if they were nervous in that what are they going to be like when they come 
to the playoffs and the Steelers they've got the, the, the sort of season players in there the, the playoff experience as well with the likes of Big Ben and others so I, I wanted to see the Jets in there but as you said the, the, the play that you can see on offense from the Steelers will D'Angelo Williams be fit that's a big one for them as well um, well Tolman said today he's day to day <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. That could be, uh, you know, reading between the lines, I should probably think he won't be fit mm. uh, if it, if Tomlin, Tomlin's saying he's day-to-day. You he don't want to risk good. him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and what was the, who was the guy that came in replacing him? He also didn't look that great. Uh, Toussaint. Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald Toussaint. T- Although, if his name's Fit- Fitzgerald, we could always play a... Fitzgerald! <laughs> He could be the new Fitzmagic and take the Steelers <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Who knows? My son's disowning me. <laughs> uh, we, we've got a couple of other games in the AFC. Because uh, we're going to do a playoff preview this weekend, I'm not going to get into these in too much depth. The, but the Pats lose their second on the bounce in division, this time to the Miami Dolphins, 20-10. to 10, And Tom Brady uh, goes down with an ankle injury. It looks like he's going to be ready in two weeks' time to play. But there were some serious concerns for the Patriots here and have been the last two weeks. And there's this assumption that because they're going to get Hightower back and because they're going to get uh, Incredilman back and because they're going to get these guys back, that they're suddenly going to be a great team when it comes to playing in the playoffs. Yep. We've not seen those guys play for seven or eight weeks, a lot of them. So don't count any of those chickens, Pats fans. Uh, whereas the Broncos steam into the number one seed. I don't you know, absolutely ridiculous considering where they were a couple of weeks ago. The Bengals uh, seal the playoffs 24-16 to 16 with a win over the Ravens, but they can only take the third seed. And the big question, guys, and I'll ask you this now, even though it's probably the main thing we'll end up talking about later in the week, Peyton or Brock? Yeah, oh, um, yeah. that's a dilemma and a half, isn't it? Um, I imagine what will end up happening is that they will fudge the decision, get to the game, whichever one starts will make a bad throw and then get pulled out and it will all collapse and end horribly for them. That's, that's my current prediction. Really, really positive. You're a big, uh, big Broncos fan then, <laughs> Paolo. Ollie, remember your prediction? Uh, what no. did you say about Peyton? Oh, that he would never play... I'd never start another regular season game for the Broncos. No, you never <laughs> play again! Uh, well, nearly, nearly yeah. Look, actually, I think they start Peyton. I, I think I think they will as well. I think they looked better with Peyton, and mm. even though Osweiler didn't do anything particularly badly, I mean, he, uh, he completed fourteen of twenty-two, two hundred and thirty-two yards, a touchdown, but three interceptions, none of which were particularly bad throws. There was a tip, there was one where he was hit, there was the kind of fumble. Were, those turnovers weren't all necessarily on him. There were protection issues. There were uh, you've always got to give the quarterback some of the blame, but. The fact that he got pulled after a fumble from CJ Anderson was probably the harshest thing that could have <laughs> happened. Something he could have no effect on whatsoever unless he got forward and blocked. But actually, when Peyton got in, he's looking more mobile than he has done uh, in a year almost. And yes, he only played for X number of snaps, but that meant he got actually under centre for a number of plays and they could run a bit of the Kubiak offence. He mixed between shotgun and under centre. The running game got going with him there and I thought they looked impressive well, this, with Peyton there. This is a, this is a, uh, a genuinely intriguing question which is given everything we've been talking about the last few years Peyton getting too old to sustain it through a full season the way we've seen uh, two years ago where he was just lighting it up and then at the end of the year he just looked beat up and a little bit might this turn out in, a, in the opposite scenario of what I moved to a second ago might this turn out to be a very p- 
positive thing for Peyton individually that he has actually had time in the middle of the season that he's stopped and that he's going into the playoffs as fresh as he can be. I mean, it, if there is if there is going to be a setting in which Peyton thrives in the playoffs, it almost is this because it means that for the probably only time he'll ever get a chance to do this again in his career, he's he's there and he's he's not beat up. And, and what about perhaps the dream scenario where he does play? somehow the Broncos then go on and win the whole thing. And does that then make his situation and his decision a little bit easier? Oh, if he wins the Super Bowl, he should retire exactly. before they've even handed in the Lombardi. Because mm. at the moment, there's still that question mark about it, isn't there? Is he going to play another season? And I don't think he should, because I, I'm, <laughs> the worry not... is he's going to break down again. And then what does... It doesn't kill the legacy, but you don't want to be remembered like that. Steve Smith um, Sr. is going to play another season because he doesn't want to be remembered for breaking down with an injury and that's how everyone remembers him and mm. I, I appreciate Peyton's got a, a, a more significant career than him so I think it, that's the ideal whoa. scenario but it's a big ask whoa 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 you you bite your tongue about Steve Smith Senior well, no, thank I, you I, very I, much oh, hang on I'm, I'm on the Steve Smith Senior bandwagon but he <laughs> hasn't got the ring right there are two losses that happened in late games on Sunday and I have two men sat in front of me who suffered these very losses and I need to ask about playoff impact on both of them before we get and we will get to the award straight after this I absolutely promise but the first of all is that the Seahawks hammer the Cardinals was it 36 points to 6 and the Cardinals came out there and looked like they just almost didn't think they had anything to play for yeah. that was actually true of the Seahawks they make a statement I, this is almost the most impressive single team performance I've seen this year yeah I mean it was interesting listening to Bruce Arians afterwards and you know coaches make excuses but I just I think he, he said basically I could see this coming all week in practice and uh and I think that that, um, certainly, you could look at the Cardinals and think they played like a team that was not as tuned in as they should have been. Having said that, having said that, Arians has now had three home games against Seattle and not won any of them. Um, he's beaten them in Seattle, but he's not beaten them at home. The last two games now, the Cardinals against the Seahawks in uh, in Arizona, it's been a combined 71-12. I think there's, there's actually quite a lot... I think, put it this way, I think the Cardinals should be very pleased right now that they can't run into Seattle again before the uh, before the championship game because they sort of, I think this is a, 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 even though the Cardinals could put it down to not being fully switched on, this was such a lopsided defeat that that would have to put something in the back of your head the next time you play them. Paolo, do you believe in fate? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Maybe if you can cling on to it, maybe for this one. <laughs> the season the Cardinals got to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. Week Seventeen got tonked by the Patriots. Mm. So there you did go. Indeed. You know, maybe just get that one out the system and then did indeed storm through. So what he's saying, you're going to get there and then lose. Uh, <laughs> well, no. all right, maybe. I'm trying to give him some hope. Not, yeah. you know. Uh, and then, despite all their best efforts, despite the fact that they got the most ridiculous interception of a turnover, despite the fact that suddenly, out of nowhere, the offense clicked on the last two drives, the NFC North title goes to the Minnesota Vikings. They beat the Packers in Green Bay, who were swept by their entire division at home for the first time since the NFC Central in 1968. My stat. Ollie Hunter. <laughs> Go Vikings. The, the internet stat, I think you'll find. Well, no, I think you'll find I told you that, and you were really impressed with me when I told you it the other day. Adrian Peterson ran for a touchdown. Captain Munlin returned a fumble 55 <sighs> yards for a score, and Minnesota advanced to 11-5 and to claim its first division title since 2009. May, I mean, Mason Crombie, Crosby's force fumble on Corderell Patterson yeah. was incredible. I genuinely thought, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to come back out of nowhere when 10 seconds earlier I thought their season was done. 
and uh, you still don't manage to do it at home, and the offense still looking pretty bad, Ollie. The, the problem is, and it's been happening. I don't know. The last ten games, it's taken maybe in six, seven, or eight of them, it's taken two or three quarters for the offense to do anything, and. It, is that because the defence of the other team has, has switched off? I don't know. I, I, I'd probably say yes. Um, it, once again, rushing doesn't look great. Um, the wide receivers aren't making, uh, are getting any separation. The way that Zimmer um, said to his uh, cornerbacks and safeties, you know, stay on the wide receivers, don't give them anything, get in their faces, it really told. And, and um, Green Bay couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I think Green Bay's defense was so preoccupied with stopping Adrian Peterson, which they did to a to a point that it left holes in 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 the backfield. I, I, it's so distressing. Oh, and then when you get to, we're going to have to go into Washington and the way the Kirk Cousins playing, Jordan Reed, all of those guys, I can't see anything but a Washington but, win. But this is a genuine question though, because as good as Washington have been lately, and they have been good, and, and we shouldn't um, write them off. Would you really not? slightly prefer to go to Washington than play Seattle the way Seattle have been playing the last yeah. few weeks yeah but yeah and the way that we've been playing the last few weeks it, maybe it, it'll take a uh, you know a, 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 a grotty gritty win against uh, the the Washington team <laughs> you know on the road to get our season back up back up and running but I thought the the Hail Mary would do that and it didn't you know it's it's depressing considering how good we were in the, those first six games of the season the bye week came at really the wrong time losing back to back it ah uh, just so disappointing i just i just worry for them because you look at that team and who is the one that at the moment who's who's the player that's saying right i'm going to step up and make something happen aaron rodgers can only do so much yeah. and we've seen it with tom brady you know, you can, you can hail these guys as, as the, the greatest quarterbacks in the modern day, whatever tag you want to put on them. But after a while, there's been they've reached the limit, haven't they? They've reached the glass ceiling with the players and the personnel they've had around them. Aaron Rodgers is trying his best, but who else on that team, particularly on offense, has gone, right, I'm going to try and do this for us? And no for me, I'm not seeing anyone on that Packers team. And that's a worry, because... If, even if one person does that, you feel that Aaron Rodgers, with a bit of help, can at least get them maybe past the Redskins. But I, I don't see it. Sorry, right? Let's uh, no, Washington. Sorry, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the 2015 regular season awards. Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is our winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief, it's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Hey. Hello and welcome.
Welcome to the 2015 Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours regular season uh, regular season awards. Uh, I am joined as I was before that short advert <laughs> by Paolo Bandini, Mike White, and the one and only Ollie Hunter. You got in touch with your awards on Twitter. There are some really good ones in there, so we'll get to a few of those as well, including some kit watch and uh, uh, there's plenty for us to debate and discuss in the studio including a couple of awards that I genuinely left off the list by accident uh, let's just start off with those I forgot the rookie awards so I'm just right, going okay. to give them to Marcus Peters and Jameis Winston and have it done with <laughs> okay guys ditto any fine. objection no that's no, fine, no, that's fine. Oh, no 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 I Good. thought I might got some, get some David Johnson objection but yeah. that's fine okay so let's kick things off with the surprise player of the year the player who going to the season you expected to be nowhere near as good as they were or alternately nowhere near as terrible as they were and I will kick this off with Paolo the legend Bandini I mean I, I feel like it's a little bit obvious but um, Kirk Cousins has been, has been really just sort of ridiculous you like that last, I like that uh, uh, you like that, Mike? Um, yeah, I, I kind of do you like, like it. Got <laughs> there eventually. Uh, um, there's, there's, there was someone, uh, I think it was probably ESPN. I've, I've ripped this from, but that th- posted his before and after the "you like that" stats in his career. <laughs> uh, and before you like that, it's uh, he's thrown 635 passes, 61.6 percent percentage uh, completion, 24 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. Since you like that. Fewer attempts by far, only 315 attempts, 72.4% completion, 23 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. So, yeah, I like that. Good work. Excellent. I mean, the stat that I was going to bring out, and I too have Kirk Cousins as my surprise player of the year, is that when Tom Brady managed to not throw a touchdown this weekend, he missed out on the opportunity to throw a touchdown in every single game this season. Only two quarterbacks actually managed that feat. They were Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. Over 4,000 yards, 29 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, a passer rating a decent way above 100. He had five touchdowns with his leg, eight first downs with his legs. He wins the award hands down for me. But has anyone from Mike and Ollie got an objection to that? I like it, but I am going to throw one into the mix and a bit of a tip of the hat to Paolo on this one. Oh. Carson Palmer. Ah. Oh. I guess, you, yeah. a bit of ginger love as well. I guess, yeah, I guess well, the question yeah. is how much you're surprised by it. Yeah, well, I am, because surprising? I think people had... Yeah, because I think people had written him off after Oakland and, and injuries as well. And, and he stepped I'm, up. We know he's we a good did player. Not on gridiron. I'm surprised that he made 16 games without an injury. That is <laughs> a <surprise. laughs> the surprise. I think it is a surprise. I don't think we expected... And I appreciate we spoke earlier about Aaron Rodgers. He's had the help. But for me, I, I, didn't, I didn't foresee this. So me personally, my surprise, whether it's the overall... I, I'm quite happy to bow to the Kirk Cousins while I've been sold too easily on that, haven't I? <laughs> on, on, the sur- Carson Palmer. on the surprise of getting through 16 games, Jonathan Stewart played a whole season. Well, he, 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 hasn't. he hasn't. He's missed the last three games. Have I completely missed that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be quiet. He'll be the back bit, in the playoffs, but he's missed the last ball, three. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not that, yeah, because the human bowling ball has come in and taken over at running back, and still they dominated this past weekend. Ollie, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I, w- I went Devonta Freeman. Ooh, I didn't expect ooh. him to be that good, and he has been that good. A thousand yards, first time in his career, uh, 11 touchdowns. I think he's been absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And when Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons um, 
were very good at the beginning of the season. He was really good. And I think that's surprising for everyone. Uh, let's. I, I think Kirk Cousins, at least two of us in here, have given it there, and Mike's admitted to banter that. So our surprise player of the year is, of course, going to be on this occasion, Kirk Cousins. Now I ask you, Ollie Hunter, one of our ones from Twitter, before we get to another one that we discussed before the show, Craig has got in touch with us. No, I won't do Craig's. I'll save Craig's. Martin has got in touch with us and said, one for Ollie, best and worst jerseys of the year. And to follow that up, Jim asks, best and worst colour rush of the year. Yeah, sure. Can't watch! <laughs> I love that. Uh, so the best and worst jerseys of the year. The, the, the worst jersey of the year is also the worst colour rush jersey of the year. And it's the whole uniform. It's the Jags baby poo colour. Yeah. I mean, that, there's nothing worse. Dijon mustard, uh, if you don't like baby yeah. poo. Well, <laughs> you, just you, you become does? a blood uncle, you go for the whole baby references now. <laughs> no, no, that that uh, was way before any babies were born. That's a disgraceful <laughs> uniform. No yes. one likes it. The best uniform, and I've got a real... Uh, Green Bay's great, uh, especially the white jersey, but actually... Home the, the best, yeah, but no, no, I'm not going to say that. The best one is the Steelers. Mm. Those yellow pants, that black jersey, the helmet with just the, the, the logo on one side. I love that uniform. They look so good in that uniform. I'm completely stealing this from the Dave Damashek football programme who did, did their best jersey of the year this year. But the correct answer is the Miami Dolphins 1970s alternate throwback uniform they played in that one game that should definitely be their uniform for the rest of the year. Oh, it was unbelievably beautiful. It was a great I'm gonna. I'm live looking it up. Brilliant. And the the best um, colour rush... I, well, I think it's Dallas. I liked the all-white stuff. I, I thought that was lovely. But then that's ge- that's generally their jersey. So it's it's telling that uh, the best colour rush was one that was already a jersey anyway. So let's move on and do another one of our own awards. And this one will be the... Let me just check my sheet. <laughs> the game slash moment of the season. What I like is that Paolo made a look as if to say, I don't think I've got that award written down in front of me. <laughs> uh, I actually... I actually I had to double-check. I actually have. Uh, Mike, let's start with you. Game or moment of the season for you? Oh, I'm glad really I nice... get to go first, because I'm probably starting all four of us off with Aaron Rodgers to Richard Rodgers. Yeah. I kid you not, and I heard you say this as well, Will, I watched it the next day, and I'm sitting in my living room, no one around, so I wasn't playing to the, the audience... I genuinely dropped my jaw. It ju- I just went, what? <laughs> and he- sat there for about <laughs> 10 seconds. I couldn't... Uh, seriously, that hands down. It was one of those ones where I was in silence for yeah. the entire stretch yeah. of time. Yeah. Rather than screaming and shouting and getting excited, which Ollie did and woke and up his neighbours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, Ollie, that's got to be your moment of the year, surely. Yep. Good, thanks for that. Wasn't easy. Uh, Sorry, I was just drinking a bit of Buck's Fizz. Did Did you have oh, anything else? Well, I, I mean, it's a glass moment. That is that is the moment of the season. Having said that, I do think we need an honourable mention for the most Cleveland play of all time. <laughs> the kick six. Yeah. The kick six returned. Uh, 64 yards for touchdown and the Baltimore win. And 
specifically for the fans filming that moment on their mobile phones and the, the facial reactions that <laughs> went the guy who the guy who took his Barkevius Mingo jersey and literally <laughs> ripped it off his own like fully Hulk Hogan out and ripped it off was incredible um I I had uh, I didn't actually write down Green Bay because I know I knew that was probably what we were going to go for I had three which were my personal favourite moments of the year which will stick out in my memory the first one is the touchdown run for the Cardinals which won them the game against Seattle and specifically Drew Stanton's incredible yes. celebration another celebration Antonio Brown going to the pole <laughs> how, how he didn't hurt himself I don't know is Antonio Brown does, does he have stuff down there? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, he's smooth like Action Man. Is he like one of those angels in Dogma? Yes, exactly. Um, but my personal moment of the year, because whilst the Green Bay was a great moment, the moment that I most enjoyed and most got into and that really took me out of myself as in any way a pundit or somebody covering the game or everything and made me a real fan again was Blake Bortles to one of the Allens in the end zone to win the game as a comeback for the Jaguars in London. Yeah, Incredible. That was I think great. we broke all the press box rules there, didn't we, that day? In terms of how you're supposed to react. Absolutely, we yeah. broke. And, and there was no problem with it whatsoever. I, there's a no. video. You go to the Acridine on Twitter and search through our photos and video. There is a video of me filming the crowd reaction. And I spin round to Ollie. And Ollie is jaw on the floor. Can't yeah. believe what's just happened. Mm. It was brilliant. So just an honourable mention for that one. But I think the moment of the season, even though their season hasn't been too great. It's got to be. The least tense drum roll ever. Aaron Rodgers with the, uh, with the Hail Mary. Uh, can, I, can I just add, by the way, the Antonio Brown celebration? I would have loved to have seen, and he wouldn't do it, a, a hybrid of that. And do you remember the old Randy Moss? mobile phone under the, uh, the pad <laughs> so he lands slides it. down <laughs> and then just slips the hand under grabs the mobile phone brilliant that had, that had worked perfectly for me amazing uh, another one off Twitter and I just do this one because we uh, we had a Just Allen drop then Tenniel Green got in touch Ollie and said there has to be a sound drop of the year award now I, I was thinking about this and there's a few obvious nominations I would suggest that for you one of them is this Just Allen yeah, uh, that I would be that. your personal favourite. Uh, obviously... You like that? You like that? Is I, definitely I well up there. A personal favourite of mine... Eagles, why <laughs> did you lose so stupidly? <laughs> why, Eagles, why? It's Sanchez, I-N-T, no, no! Uh, <laughs> what would probably win it if it was my decision would be... Tight spiral balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tudor Bang? The suggestion, Tudor Bang is up there as well, but undoubtedly the suggestion which came back from three different people on Twitter after he put that forward, it has to be... Ho, 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 magic! Because we probably won't ever be able to use it again after Ooh. this season. And I don't know if that, this class is as a drop, but what about the NFC East song? And oh yeah, no, that's drop, that, yeah. I love that. That is a good one. Uh, Ollie was suggesting the tomahawk chop as well. There, there were some great ones. But sorry, Mike White, did you just say the NFC something? NFC disgrace. Yes, good man, right. good man. Th this is not a drop, but I will be sad to lose from the NFL in the season. San Diego Superchargers. Oh, we're going to talk about that. In fact, <laughs> let's do that as our next award. Our next award on the 2015 regular season awards for the Gridiron Show is the city who most deserve to lose their football team. Ollie Hunter, I haven't come to you first yet. Yeah, I'm going to go St. Louis. Uh, one, because I like San Diego and the Chargers. But two, it's a mere um, uh, geographical thing. St. Louis aren't 
in the West. I would like them to be in the West. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm so on board with you on this. The NFC oh, West being like a proper Western division. Yeah. Look, get them over there. <laughs> make Jog it. on. Yeah, get them over there. And plus, them having a... Uh, what's his face there for... Uh, and, he, and he's staying there. Um, that's a disgrace in any... In Jeff any Fisher, yeah. yeah. Fisher. Get out, Fisher. Get over to Los Angeles. Get a proper coach in. <laughs> Uh, and uh, make it a proper NFC West. But in in which case, I mean, maybe there's just that's where your dividing line is. But Kansas City are still in the state of Missouri. They're not that far. I'm not west. having they're a go at Kansas City. Don't, but are, but they're also in the West. Gotta, I'm just asking you a question. What's your problem, man? I'm just asking you a question. Ah, where's your Where's your line start for the you West? Used, you used to live in Missouri. Should the Rams leave, or have you got a different answer, Paolo? Well, I have a different answer, but it was motivated by a different uh, line of thinking. I, I look. I I feel. Um, I feel bummed out for whoever loses, loses their team. I do think that, you know, the community in St. Louis, there will be plenty of football fans will be angry about it and upset about it, but when you compare the difference in how well supported the team was in St. Louis and Kansas City, it is a, it's a baseball town, St. Louis. Like, mm -hmm. it is a baseball town first and foremost. Even when that team is doing well, it's still a baseball town first. So, if, if someone's got to lose one, I can see... I can I can feel less bad for those for that city mm. for that reason. Uh, my, my the team I'd written down was not one of the ones that's going to move. It was just and it's not even because they deserve to suffer anymore. It's the opposite reason. I think Cleveland should have their team taken away so that their fans <laughs> can can have as a mercy movement. Yeah, you know, so, so that they can they can spend their Sundays doing something else. You know, they've got Knitting. a nice and the West Side Market's very pleasant. You know, they could go we, there, we the should... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They could just. Have we a nice weekend. Mercy kill the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so on board with that. Euthanize those Browns. Uh, Paolo's done exactly what I've done and gone off book <laughs> from uh, from the three teams that were leaving. And I've just said the Philadelphia Eagles because their fans are <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> the way they were behaving on oh, Sunday dear. was an utter disgrace. And, uh, yeah, again, oh, I can't stand them. So they, they were my answer. Mike White. Well, I nearly went with the Eagles for that reason. I'm not going to use the word you use. <laughs> on BBC and all that. Um, Paolo's done the, 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 the sensible answer, and, I, and you do feel for any fans who are going to lose their team, but I'm going to do a 49ers fan answer. Oakland, get the hell out of the Bay Area, <laughs> you're stinking it up. And this is a tip to someone Rob and I, uh, Will and I know, sorry, Rob Fussy, who's getting carried away because the Raiders have had one good season in 15, and he's getting giddy. Get Oakland out of the Bay Area, please. Bye-bye. Look, we don't need to give a single answer for this one. I think they were all very strong answers. And whilst we're talking about people who should lose something, the coach or GM who should have been fired. Now, I'll give my answer to this first, because I think you all know what it is. Ryan Grigson, what are you doing still in a job? Moving on, let's have Paolo's. I, I mean, Grigson's obviously a very strong shout. I think that after four seasons without the playoffs, Jeff Fisher and Les Snead probably would be going if the team wasn't moving to, moving out of St. Louis, and they just didn't want to add that extra... So losing uh, to the 49ers on the last week to go 7-9 and nine again yeah. was just a disgrace. Um, and, I, you know, and, I, and I, it sort of bums me out to say that, because Jeff Fisher is one of those guys who... Um, I find very compelling and, and a bit of the same way as that Tom Coughlin uh, thing. When you listen to him talk, he can he can get you going and you think you'd go out there and work hard for him, but it just four years is, is long enough, especially with that haul of draft picks they had. I mean, I think Sneed, great trade on paper for that RG3, RG3 trade, but what have they got for it? Mike White. Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I love this. Is it for the is it for the same reason I said the Eagles fans? <laughs> Partly, just stop chewing gum, Pete. <laughs> Come on.
and just just because you look a bit like Ric Flair, that doesn't make you cool. Stop <laughs> chewing gum. It's a disgrace. And did you, have you noticed, by the way, I'm, I'm, I know I'm with Southerners, so I'm going disgrace instead of the Northern disgrace. Well, I, yeah, I've sold I ha- out a little bit, but I, I'm happy to do that to fit, <laughs> fit to fit in. Uh, so, you, yeah, you're a sellout, Mike White. That's what oh, I'm getting from okay. this. And, and you, you were supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team. Disgrace. Wild card. Come on. Uh, Ollie, Where, whereas I agree with all of you, uh, I have a different answer just to make it interesting. Ooh. I'm going Rex Ryan. He's made a, he's made a, <laughs> Not a Rex. he's made a Poor very Rex. good defense defense last year. The, the supposed defensive maestro Rex Ryan. He's made the Bills defense worse. Ooh, Get pretty- out, Ryan, you slag. <laughs> he's actually fed into an answer for another category for me so that's nice but interesting so we've still got the coach of the year the comeback player of the year the MVP the Super Bowl winner and contender and uh, a cultural recommendation just going back to Twitter quickly Jim asked best backup QB I mean we all know that that is clearly um, uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, he had the best game of any backup QB this season. Uh, Arrowheads Abroad asked best Wembley performance and atmosphere. He said, we will accept on behalf, of course. I thought the best atmosphere was the Chiefs. Chiefs. When mm. we're saying best performance... Well, well, well I th- actually, the best atmosphere, I think, the Chiefs throughout the game was the best atmosphere, but for a single moment, is that in, you know, those last two minutes where the entire crowd were wanting the Jags to... F- to seal yeah. that victory mm. they knew what was going on they got on board with it that was the best atmosphere for me at Wembley that's true but the Chiefs fans did do the at the end of the National Anthem they did. the home of the Chiefs and that alone yeah. wins yeah. it for me uh, and uh, the Chiefs probably had the best single team performance but I'm going to say the Jags because I'm biased <laughs> <laughs> so sorry Arrowheads abroad I did love that I I thought the Jags won because we were all mm. sitting near each other as well for that and th- there was just something about it the way everyone got behind the Jags and and for me that was the moment where it seems London stroke England stroke the UK fully adopted the Jags as their team I'm going to stick with you Mike White and ask you mm. <laughs> for your biggest disappointment of the season Ah, uh, well, you see, we, we defended Rex. God love Rex. We love Rex. <laughs> I didn't defend him. He's worked hard. He's lost all the weight. He doesn't look like his brother anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> I wish he'd grow his hair like, like Rob Wyatt. <laughs> oh, now, that is a disgrace. And I went disgrace. I went the northern version for that. The, the Buffalo Bills defence... The biggest disappointment. We expected so much. We expected physicality. We expected violence. And we got the ballet. <laughs> Good. Uh, Paolo Bandini, what was your biggest disappointment? Uh, personal disappointment, Tyran Matthew getting injured so close oh, to the playoffs. Injuries in general this yeah, year. A lot of injuries this the, year, the really. The number of like, my favourite players, like Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles, yeah. like players who are so great to watch yeah. who got injured this season. That is disappointing. Great shout, Paolo. Is that it? Uh, I mean, the the Dolphins were a, a massive letdown given the whole Sue, you know, investment and we're going to go and be a kick on in the AFC. But yeah, that's, that's my personal one, is Honey Badger. Ollie Hunter. The Green Bay wide receivers. <laughs> Fine, done. That's your answer. And uh, I was torn between Chip Kelly... Oh, great shout. We did call him the genius before the season started. <laughs> I've already apologised to the listening millions. Uh, yeah, um, but I'm going to say the Jags. 
after talking about how we've adopted them and after talking about how great they were in London... You turned coat hypocrite! There, there was a, <laughs> You're a disgrace! There was You're a, the NFC East! There was a moment four weeks ago where I thought to myself, the Jags could do this. They could go 8-8. Eight and eight. They're on a great run. Their offence looks fantastic, but they just couldn't get it going on the defensive side of the ball. They could have had a 500 season. I'm sure that we all think they're going to push on next year, but just a five-win season didn't quite do it for me, Jacksonville. That's why. Okay. <laughs> Can I add a Chip Kelly one in there? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my big ending. Sorry. Go uh, on. The biggest disappointment for me, and I'm, seeing as Ollie did the Packers one, I'll do a 49ers one. The biggest disappointment that some people have dared to suggest Chip Kelly might be coming to San Francisco. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jared Hayne. <laughs> Mike, Leave the you, and I, you and I could do a separate podcast on this. Chip Kelly is a fantastic choice for 49ers head coach show. Whatever, mate. You just no, don't want no, him there. You don't want him there because Colin Kaepernick might get exactly. his back. Exactly. You read my mind. That is the only reason I'd take Chip Kelly, but you know that Kaepernick comes with the deal. Get uh, him out. Right, we, we're nearly on to the big awards very quickly. Craig said, who's the biggest bragger in the Predictor League award? That would be me because I won it. Uh, the most significant injury of the year, he asked. We just mentioned it then. So most significant injury of the year is quite an interesting one. Just give one word it for me. Uh, if anyone's got an answer for this, I've definitely got one. Paolo? Well, Le'Veon Bell jumps to mind, but he wasn't actually that significant, so you'd have to come back to me. It could be the Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. I could take that as a pairing, yeah. because if D'Angelo Williams missed the playoffs, they yeah. haven't got a chance. Um, yeah, go on, I'll just say that, because I don't have to think of anything else. Fine. My <laughs> Mike White, have you got a most significant injury? Come back to me. Fine. I've got, I've got one. Ollie, I think yours and mine... these are the two NFL geeks. I think yours <laughs> and mine is going to be the same, Ollie Hunter. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That offence is completely changed mm. without him. Can't stretch the field. No Hang deep on. threat at all. The play-action game is a mess. I mean, that's totally legitimate, but is it more so than Tony Romo in Dallas? Yeah, but I hate Dallas, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't hate Dallas. Just say now. I'm uh, going to make a confession and not look, because it's going to look as I'm jumping on the bandwagon. For some reason, I had the name Jermichael Finley in my head when it was Jordy Nelson I meant, which is why I needed the delay. I'll go Jordy Nelson. <laughs> uh, I've already gone Jean-Pierre Paul today. I didn't want to mess another name up. Whilst we're talking about uh, the Green Bay Packers, Neil Dustin also asked us for the biggest fancy bust of 2015. If you're not taking Me. injuries on board, that clearly has to be Fat Eddie Lacey. No. First round. <laughs> consistent first round pick and he was terrible he's that fat he's wildebeest mode <laughs> hey. uh, right CJ Anderson Devontae Adams Peyton Manning Jimmy Graham and even when Andrew Luck wasn't injured he was terrible yeah but it's still fat and lazy you're fat uh, <laughs> <laughs> no my worst fantasy fail was pr in a league that we're in and I won't do fancy chat for too long was pressing the wrong bu button on my number two pick <laughs> Amazing, so and funny. getting Russell Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers oh well, you say he failed oh, well, actually that he's didn't got, fail him yeah. yet, but at the start of the season you <laughs> lot mocked me like crazy for it he's got you more points yeah, this year so that's ridiculous yeah. right we're on to the big four but before we do that I just want from everyone we're at the end of the regular season it's obviously a sad time for us all we've got the playoffs still to come though all the excitement of knockout football there's still an over a month of the season to go, so calm down. But we all know that we've then got to wait for the draft and the combine and all of that nonsense. So from everyone, I just want a cultural recommendation for something that our fans should do during the off-season whilst we're not releasing podcasts, which we will be, but probably only one a week. Impractical Jokers. Ooh. Watch as much of it as you can. It is juvenile, puerile, childish humour 
just like right my up my street. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's I, I, that's a great shout. Love impractical jokers, Ollie. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Podcast-wise, I think it's got to be Serial, the new series. It's, it's mm. c- uh, compelling and, and fascinating. Uh, but I'm going for The Bridge, seasons two and three. I'm, I haven't watched <coughs> them yet. Uh, so people shouldn't bother with season one? Well, no, I've watched season one. <laughs> I'm asking for recommendations about other people. Oh, go to watch The Bridge from season one, then. and Because uh, <laughs> season one's that good. It's up there, I think... Uh, maybe not with the wire, but it's 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 as almost Ooh. as good as I, I really like the bridge. Paolo, um, obviously new Game of Thrones series, but uh, oh, the Paolo. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to high five from Ali Hunter. Great. In between the last two podcasts, I've I've confirmed that I'm in the presence of fellow geeks, so I'm going to go out and throw out a board game which is great called <laughs> Dead of Winter. Get get some mates together. Play Dead of Winter. You can conspire against. Well, if you get the right card, you can be the evil betrayer and screw each other over as zombies take over your building and kill you all. It's a good time. Ah, my brother got this for Christmas. It's incredible and go. it is insanely nerdy, but it is genuinely incredible. That's an amazing. Have you ever shout. played Pandemic? Uh, yes. Pandemic's no. great, isn't it? That's also very good fun. The problem is Pandemic is it's cause it's a fully cooperative game. Yeah, you can end up with one person sort of playing the game. The game so that'll save all for our <laughs> off-season board game podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is great look uh, a couple of mine have already been mentioned because uh, Ollie mentioned season 2 of Serial but I'm just getting dead into the crew trime st- tr- crew trime what's that I'm getting dead into the true crime stuff so Serial season 1 and 2 the jinx I watched all the way through recently and I've just started making a murderer on Netflix which is very similar to the jinx and Serial in that it follows a case it's a documentary through a number of episodes it's 10 episodes it's filmed over 10 years so there's a lot has gone into this and I'm about four episodes in and it's great making a murder okay. making a murderer yeah. okay just writing that down that's the worst fake typing I've ever heard you're not even <laughs> using the actual keyboard I did I did you're just tapping on the desk wait wait, wait. oh wait I can change that what oh no don't do that <laughs> ah I don't know what you've done I'll help him oh he's broken my computer um right the big four coach of the year comeback of the year MVP and then your Super Bowl competitors and winner starting off with coach of the year who would like to go first Ron Rivera and Bruce Arians joint award winners for me Oh, I had Ron Rivera down as two. I have to say, mm, yeah. I mean, those are, those are the top two. I, I I sort of struggle to see past my Bruce Arians love, which <laughs> means I sort of have to second guess myself and say, should I be picking someone else? But I love Bruce. No, Arians. you're in the right place for we all bias Bruce and uh, Homer picks it. Um, I'm a Forty Niners fan, and I love Bruce Arians. Holly <laughs> <laughs> Holly's picked Mike McCarthy. That's how much of a Homer picker he is. I did not pick Mike McCarthy. Uh, Jeff Fisher. or Tom Clements. Or... I was going to say pick Tom Clements. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Don Capers. No, I, where Ron Rivera is actually the correct answer. I think there are a couple of uh, honourable mentions. I think Todd Bowles has been incredible this year. And Andy Reid for nine, ten wins in a row, whatever it is, I think that that should should not be without a mention as well. So I think it's been a year of slightly surprising coaching performances uh, as well. There are two special mentions. Ron Rivera was my name, but you did a couple of special mentions. I want to give a special mention to Bill O'Brien mm. for completely yep. turning that Texans team around halfway through the season. And Mike Zimmer. What Mike Zimmer has done with the Vikings over two seasons is pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, admittedly, he's had a lot of high draft picks to do that with, but they both deserve a special mention. But let's be honest, there is only one answer that the grid coach of the year is Riverboat Ron Rivera I like the way no one picked Bill Belichick either brilliant (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like a few of these are going to be quite similar, but comeback player of the year. We haven't started with Ollie for a while. No, we haven't started with Mike White for. Oh no, he did, didn't we? Uh, I've gone D'Angelo Williams. Oh, I really like. That what was the campus <laughs> noise I've ever made? <laughs> Whenever he's he Carry played, I think I. I, I th- <laughs> I think he only had one bad game out of the games that he started as the number one back instead of Le'Veon Bell. I think he's been brilliant this year. He's, I think he's the oldest running back in the league, uh, or one of the top three, whatever. But, you know, the way he's played, and also um, two fingers up to the NFL with his, with his pink hair as well for his, his late mum, I, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And I hope, I hope he's available for when the Steelers play in... That's a genuine surprise choice to me. Genuinely. But is it a good surprise or bad No, a good surprise. It's a nice surprise. Mike White's busting in again, Mike. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry. I I had him as an honourable mention. (laughs) You guys are in the studio. You can see each other. I'm not being rude. Yeah, stop your whinging and tell us who your (laughs) comeback player of the year is. Well, when you sent it to me, you sent it as comeback. So I will give you a comeback player. But as comeback, I went Gridiron Podcast. Ooh. (laughs) That's sucking up a little too much. Well, I thought I'd go for the suck-up option first. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is on my spare honourable mentions, and actually, like, why, why I, I, comeback? Was he injured last year? No, well, po- possibly his worst season mm. yeah, in his career. The definition of comeback player mm. can be yeah. coming back from. It's a situation of. So it's it's it like injury or it's it's injury poor performance or there's another definition that's like basically justifying them allowing them to give it adversity. to somebody adversity a situation of adversity. That's it. Okay, hundred and nine catches, career high. 1,215 yards, nine touchdowns, and first time he's gone over 82 catches or 1,000 yards since 2011. Mm. And his conversion to a tight end has been really impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And he's playing like Heinz Ward. Yeah, he's going and really smashing everyone. Yeah, it's a really good shout. Uh, I, I'm, I, I really struggled with this because I think the person who maybe deserves to win it the most for the storyline and everything else is Eric Berry. Yeah. Because to come back from Hodgkin's lymphoma and to come back and play at the level he's played this year has just been phenomenal. Mm. Uh, that being said, uh, I've picked Carson Palmer. Yeah, that's also... He missed ten games last year, that's probably enough. Uh-huh. I thought he missed seven, and then I forgot he had the injury right at the beginning of the year, and he's turned that franchise into a, a potential Super Bowl winner. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think it's going to be Barry. I think it sort of has to be for the narrative. I think I can throw another Cardinal your way, I've already said him once, but Tyrone Matthew, uh, coming back from injury. And, I mean, it's sort of awkward to mention it, because the reason he was out isn't yeah. sort of a nice uh, romantic uh, comeback, but, I mean, Adrian Peterson wasn't in the league for a oh, year, and I he's... going to say Greg Hardy, then. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, is more a go-away, rather than a yeah. comeback. Um, I, I couldn't go for AP for moral reasons. I, yeah, I, I, I'm I glad just that, couldn't do it, um, as a dad as well. But even if I wasn't a dad, but as a dad, I couldn't do that. Genuinely glad that nobody's gone for him. Genuinely, genuinely glad. The other person I had on my list was, of course, Navarro Bowman. Mm. Uh, he had career high tackle numbers this year and admittedly there's no one else in San Francisco's tackling anyone well, no, no, but I, I, San Francisco have got a decent linebacking core it's young and it lacks the depth that it did have but he's stepped up as the leader and he was always the other thing is I saw someone going well yeah but they've lost Patrick Willis but Patrick Willis was always the cover guy when the two of them played together and Navarro Bowman was always the guy who came up and stopped the run and made the tackles he has been brilliant considering how severe that injury was but you're never going to win comeback player in the year when you're on a 5-11 and uh, 11 team. So he just deserved a special mention as well. Uh, I, I don't think we... I think what we said, Eric Berry's probably going to mm. win it. He's going to win it. But uh, everyone else did well. Well done, you. <laughs> uh, 
MVP, right, it seems like over the last few weeks that the MVP choice has become de facto. So I'm just going to put it out there. Has anyone picked not the person we've probably all picked? No. I wrote his name down, and then I read, just as I was about to leave, I read a piece by someone basically dismantling him as MVP, and that made me question it. Um, pointing out that, uh, for instance, you know, they basically had the softest schedule in the entire league, um, that they has seven- Oh, yeah, because cause having to go and play at the Seahawks, oh. having to go, yeah, really tough. I've gone, um, seven Steph games. Curry. Se- <laughs> <laughs> Steph Curry's so good, he deserves the NFL MVP. Yeah. Great shout. Seven games this season with a passer rating under 80. I mean, look, in the end, I think I'm still picking Cam Newton, but it did make me question it a little bit. And I, I'm, this is going to be a choice that I even can't I- I believe I'm saying, but I think you have to put in the conversation, given all the shit that's gone on in terms of injuries and the fact that they're still going very strong, Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom Brady yeah. has basically been carrying the Patriots through the second half of their season. Tom, and Tom Brady, in fact, actually was, a lot of people had him as the de facto MVP through nine, through about seven or eight weeks. So people were saying, oh, it's him. And then you've got Carson Palmer and Cam Newton blown. But Cam Newton, it's just... It, it's everything part of his a facet of his game that you look at when you consider the quality of the receivers that he's had there he's thrown for just short of 4,000 yards a career high 35 touchdowns a career low 10 inceptions he's added 636 yards on the ground 10 rushing touchdowns he completely outplayed his rookie deal and he's now outplaying his big money deal he got last season he's just been ridiculous and I would be shocked if Cam Newton wasn't the MVP mm. yep Cam, yeah, because it, it wasn't the f- fashionable pick for, what, nine to ten weeks? Then all of a sudden he's become the only fashionable pick, it seems. Now all he's got to do is now all he's got to do is go and win a Super Bowl. And on that point, let's finish this off with a final prediction of the season and go around and ask everyone here for your Super Bowl competitors and winners. Now, I admit I've gone slightly heart over head with this. But Me let's too. see. Let's see what happens. Starting off with Mike White down the line. Who have you picked? AFC. Mm-hmm. I've definitely gone heart overhead. I've gone Chiefs. Ooh. Bit of Alex Smith love there. Should <laughs> still be in San Francisco. Um, and as much as I love the Carolina Panthers as my second team because they were the first team I ever saw live and loved their Super Bowl run, I'm going Cardinals. I have picked. The Arizona Cardinals. Stop it. Stop jinxing it. Stop it. Against (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going to be completely off the mark, but two of us have agreed with that. The Chiefs are coming in on the hottest streak of any team in the league and look the most complete team in the AFC. I think the Pats probably win it if those injured players come back and perform at the top level but I just genuinely don't see that happening um, and I think the Chiefs will, would be I look at the other teams in the AFC I think they beat all of them right now particularly on a neutral field and the Cardinals will bounce back from that Seahawks loss beat them in the championship game go on to win the Super Bowl and Carlson Palmer will be lofted up high in San Francisco and I will be sad because it's lost to a divisional rival in our own stadium so sad uh, Ollie Hunter <laughs> Ollie's taking the Packers. You're not going to believe this, but <laughs> he has, hasn't he? I had re- I had written uh, Cardinals and Chiefs, but <laughs> but I'm changing that because I don't want to agree with two 49ers fans. Uh, so I'm going the yeah. Packers and the Steelers. Uh, oh, wow. The Packers. Come Packers. You could have at least gone for the Packers and the Chiefs and gone for a Super Bowl one replay. Well, yeah, we could have done that. But it, uh, what I think it is, it's it's a romantic. Um, NFL story pick, you know, down on their luck, 
nothing's going right for the for the Packers. They were the they were in the in a, with a hunt with the, with a bye, but they failed. They lose loads of games. They lose a division, but they go back to back away from home, win every single game. Pack attack. The it's season not, you won it, you played every game on the road. Exactamente. It's not a romantic story. It's a check your medication story. <laughs> check your medication. <laughs> And uh, Paolo Bandini. I'd, I'd love to say the Cardinals. I, I, I'd love to say it not just because I'm a super fan, but also because I just I feel like Carson Palmer is so overdue this moment. I think it's so long his career, and you just think to that game in 2006 against the Steelers and started it so flipping well, um, Don't and say then it, got hurt. Jinx it. But I just honestly, uh, Jinx it. I, I, I think I might be. Um, I, I might be conditioned in like a like a beat dog here, but I think Seattle are playing really good football at the moment, and I've just they got this feeling. They lost last, not last week, but the week before to the Rams at home. That's true, but bigger picture. Since Cam Chancellor came back, that defense has been playing better and better and better. The fact that they've finished the season with yet again the fewest points surrendered in the entire league, um, despite the fact that they started the season pretty badly. Um, I think that they are the hot team in the NFC going into the playoffs, and I think that they are going to run the field. And the, I, you know, I just can't look past New England in the AFC again. I think that the oh, Paolo, the grim repeat. No, this is maybe me trying to reverse jinx it. This is the game. It is just Paolo. about the game that I would least be excited about in the Super Bowl. But I, I can see that very easily coming to fruition. I can't bear the thought of four more weeks of Pete Carroll chewing gum <laughs> to get to the last, last play of the game and not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Look, look both, both of those Sorry, teams. Sorry, too angry. No, no, that's, uh, I love anger. Both of those are completely dependent on players returning yes. from injury. Yes, that's true. If Marshawn Lynch doesn't come back and play at a, Mar- a Marshawn Lynch beast mode level, I do not believe. I know that they beat the Cardinals with how, without, with, with without how well Russell Wilson's with, playing. You think it's yeah. imperative they have Marshawn Lynch? I don't know. I is. think it's imperative they have a running game. I genuinely do. Uh, when they're Thomas Rawls in there, they were ridiculous. After his injury, yeah. they have taken a step back mm. and uh, yes, they thrashed the Cardinals but I think that's a Cardinals team who didn't show up. Marshall Lynch has to come back and be Marshall Lynch and equally for the Patriots those guys have to come back and play at the top level otherwise I don't see either of them winning a single playoff game I, I will say right now that I will be very surprised if they don't beat the Vikings I think that when it comes down to it that offence even with, even if they have to wait another week for Marshall Lynch will put up points at the rate that the Vikings won't can, can I go hashtag bold prediction uh, very quickly pa- Mike Patriots White, go out in the divisional going- round Patriots go out in the divisional round. There we go. Right. Uh, We're going to do a full playoff preview this weekend, plus the college playoff, and we've got an interview with a Hall of Famer. Should be coming up. I've got to arrange the time and actually do the interview, but I've spoken to him on the phone, and he said yes. That's the main thing, so it should be definitely happening. Do you want a clue? No. No clues. (laughs) It was his birthday yesterday. Yeah, it was his birthday yesterday. Uh, So... Uh, otherwise, hashtag Paolo Bandini, Mike White, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Ollie, thank you for coming here when you could have driven to Norwich and seen your newborn nephew. Niece. Niece, well done. Niece, yep, remembered at the good, last second. Good save, you had one of two to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I like them odds. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. As always, let us know what you thought of our picks throughout the Gridiron End of Season Awards. Hit us up at Gridiron on Twitter. Gridiron-magazine.com for all the content there. The predict game for the season has finished and was won by me. But the person in second place, Tony Holmes, will win the end of season prize when Matt Sherry tells them what it is. And keep an eye out because later this week, dropping into your inbox, will be information about our Super Bowl party. It's going to be massive. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.